you. Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this big red football Monday morning. I don't know what else could possibly be going on. Oh, yeah, I guess the World Cup's starting and the Suns just played last night. And yeah, there's uh, yeah. Uh, Tim Ring is here with me. It is the Wolf and Luke Show, but today it is the Tim Ring and Luke Show. The Wolf is going to be calling in from Mexico City here in a little bit. Tim, what's going on? Hey, Luke, good to be here as always. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to strap Luke with uh, Wolf rather with a four hour radio show before he. Calls the big game tonight in Mexico from City. From Mexico City. Yeah. I mean, you could, could, you know, you could crack that whip, make them work. The people need to hear their wolf. That would be so an interesting show. <laughs> and I think more work for me. Oh, man. No, man, listen. Wolf in Mexico. Good to, good to be here. I mean, nothing like a Cardinal game day, nothing like Monday night football. I know it still moves the meter, especially when your home team is playing on a Monday night. Not quite the way it moved the meter back in the 80s. Luke, growing up, man, Monday Night Football was a big deal. Holy cow. If if you're of my generation, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There was something magical about not only Monday Night Football every week, but when your team played on Monday Night Football... I mean, that was a big but now, cause, deal. Is it because now there's so many primetime games. There's the Thursday night and there's the Sunday. I, maybe Sunday night's been around for a while, but yeah, I just, I don't there's, know. There's so many, there's so many primetime games. You also have access to all the games now through Sunday yeah. Ticket and highlight shows. But, you know, back in the day, l- listen, like you're, you're, like I grew up in Chicago, so I'll just look, I'll give you the, through that prism, right? The Bears were not a very good team. Um, and when they played, it was like the local announcers. You know, it wasn't network guys. They didn't really have, I don't think they had big-time network teams back even in the 70s, early 80s, until Summerall and you know Madden kind of took that torch. But when the Bears did get on Monday Night Football, first of all, like the halftime highlights with Howard Cosell, it's crazy to think of now, but at, at, at halftime of a Monday Night game, you really hadn't seen any highlights of any other games. That, that is So to have Howard Cosell narrate of. them... With NFL Films footage, like not only was it cool, but that was like your first opportunity to see what was going on in other games. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy to think of now. And then just to have Frank Gifford and, and Howard Cosell call your team's game, it just made you feel, it made it feel so big and it made you feel big as a fan. I mean, I just remember being a kid like, man, when, when the Bears played on Monday Night Football, that was a, that was, that was a deal. And does it still have that same, you know, uh, power with fans? Does it still resonate? Probably not. But well, it should today still good because your season's basically on the line. This is a can you survive through Mexico City and come back with your season still on the line when you play the Chargers next week? And it sounds like it is going to be a McCoy Monday and not a Murray Monday. In fact, it sounds like we might be looking at McCoy here for a little while. But let's let's start with this. This is Ian Rappaport this morning saying what I think a lot of people were suspecting that we're not going to see Kyler Murray tonight. Does not sound good for Kyler Murray to be playing again today for the second straight week. It appears that Cole Cole McCoy said to be the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. And remember, Kyler Murray still dealing with that hamstring injury, was not able to get a full practice this week, still limited all week, although he did not practice at all. 
on Wednesday. All signs now point to Cole McCoy, which usually, guys, would be a really bad sign, a backup quarterback in a game that the Arizona Cardinals really do need to win against San Francisco 49ers. But Cole McCoy played really well last week. The guys seemed to play with him. 96.5 passer rating. Obviously, there is a drop-off, but they seem confident in Cole McCoy today. Maybe Kyler Murray back next week. Well... Maybe next week. Although maybe we not now, yeah. heard Jeremy Fowler saying maybe not even next week for Kyler. Maybe he stays out through the bye week. So, I mean, how bad is this hamstring injury? Your season's on the line tonight. Well, it's desperation time for the Cardinals. Now, for the 49ers, Luke, it's, a, it's an important game. The Seahawks are on their bye week. If yeah. the 49ers can win this game, they'll be 6-4. and four. They've already beaten the Seahawks once, so in a small way, they kind of take control of the division well, with a win tonight. But and I think the 49ers are a dangerous team, but if they lose, I think they actually drop out of a playoff spot. Like they, so they need the game. Oh, yeah, and, and the, make no mistake, they are a dangerous team. You know, they're getting their guys back healthy. That record, I don't think, is indicative of how strong and True. Uh, how good this agree. football team is and, the, and their ceiling, which I don't think they've even hit yet. Remember, they, they opened up the season— Back to the Bears again. They opened up the season in Chicago in that kind of monsoon downpour. It was kind of a goofy game. Okay, Trey, yeah. Trey Lance was quarterbacking the team. Justin Fields was doing the slip and slide. Yeah, he was so. doing the slip and slide like you had the yellow mat in your backyard when you were a kid. Uh, so I, this 49er team is just slowly starting to get it together. They also lost obviously, to the Broncos, which seems unheard of. Right. Like if, if Okay, for example, if they played the Bears next week and the, 40, and the Broncos the week after that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the 49ers are going to win those football games. Yes. Plus, the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey now as he continues to be uh, indoctrinated into their offense with Kyle Shanahan. They're just going to get better and better and better. And historically, Shanahan's teams play better yep. later later in the year. But for the Cardinals, listen, this much like we said last week, like this is it. You either win then pull yourself up by the bootstraps to get to five and six and at least have a puncher's chance in these final few weeks of the season, you lose, it's four and seven, and it doesn't matter if Kyler Murray's quarterback and or Colt McCoy's quarterback, and your chances of the playoffs are pretty much out the window. Yeah, and I think, you know, not every game is that simple, but this one is. If you win this game, just look at what it does in the standings. If you win this game, you are going to be five and six. That'll put you ahead of Detroit. That'll move you. You'll be tied with Atlanta. You'll be basically a game back of Washington and a half game back of San Francisco. And like three, one of those three would probably make the playoffs. If you lose. No, it's no, not. It's over. You'd have to win out and get help. No, let's call it like it is. If they if they go to four and seven and they lose this game and one and four in the division, plus it's, it would also it would also be an indication to me that the Rams win was in large part because the Rams are Probably so the awful. Rams are awful. So the Forty Nine ers I watched some of that game yesterday. I don't know why. No, they're awful. I mean, they have the they have one of the worst records now post Super Bowl victory. I think the following year in the history. Of the NFL. Now, a lot of that's injuries. they look worse than their record. Right. And a lot of that's injuries. It's not complacency. But Colt McCoy, here's the deal with Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray, Luke. And I I, want to get your thoughts on this, too, obviously. If Kyler's hurt and he can't go, fine. You got a backup quarterback that can win you a football game. Kyler's injured and can't play. Fine. You roll out with Colt McCoy. But I got to tell you, if, if any of this is built around the idea of... Well, Kyler's not quite a hundred percent, but boy, Colt looked really good last week, and the players responded to him. So let's, we're going to roll with Colt. Okay, fine decision. 
But that big contract now is sitting there like the elephant in the room. Well, that's, yeah, it's that's some what, of this conflicts. That's yeah. that's what bo- that's what bothers me about this whole deal. Like nobody's questioning Kyler Murray's toughness. I mean, I, I would assume that if he could play, he'd want to play. But if the Cardinals are like, you know what? Normally, we would ask you to go out there at 85, 90%. But because of this other guy did really well last week, you, 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 you rested for a few more weeks. I'm assuming that scares the crap out of me, given the fact they gave him 100 or 230 million. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, assuming this is not one of those. Well, if it were the playoffs, he could go. I'm assuming he just can't go because this he, is the playoffs. But he this finished playoff. the Seahawks game. Well, that, that's what kind of like now again, he could have aggravated it later in practice. No, you're right. Though. We're he not played, doctors, he but he played. Half, too. He it wasn't played. like two plays. He played an entire half after that. This, I want to play this clip again just because we, we played. Played it on Friday, and it felt like almost like a slip up that they already that they have known that Colt was going to be the guy this week for a while. And we watched Hard Knocks last week; it was pretty clear they knew Colt was going to be the guy most of the week leading into the Rams game. Even though obviously Kyler was just you know day to day and game time decision. Yeah, he's like the CEO of that room. You know, he's a big business guy, has all these investments, made a lot of money away from the field. Um, so he definitely has a calming presence, and he sees it very from a very analytical standpoint. Um, he's a guy that he'll send me video clips, say hey, we should put this in, or what do you think about this? Or like yesterday he told me there's a play that would get Colt killed, and I kind of pushed back about it, and then I watched the video, I'm like, yeah, you were right. So. That's Kelvin Beecham. He's talking, it's Cliff Kingsbury talking about Kelvin Beecham. So we played that last week, and, and maybe it's just because I've worked with Wolf long enough, and Wolf sees the conspiracy theory and everything. Okay. But did that not sound like just an honest, like, oh, yeah, I was talking to Beach, and Beach was like, yeah, we can't put this in this week because it'll get Colt killed. That, again, and now if they already know Kyler's probably going to miss next week, too, they have known for a while that he's not close to play. And remember, the Cardinals with their he's progressing game-time decision, we know after last year— it's pretty much verbal diarrhea. It's nonsense. They knew Murray was going to be out for those games when he missed last year. And it was a kind of the same deal. Three games in a bye week, which put him on the shelf for a month of real time. Yeah. And that's what we could be looking at that this time this year as well. Just how big is tonight's game for the Cardinals and where is your confidence level? We're going to get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring is in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. For all intents and purposes, this is kind of a playoff game tonight. Luke Lipinski here. Tim Ring is in for Wolf. You know where Wolf is. Wolf's in Mexico City. But Wolf's going to call in in a little bit from Mexico City. Uh, we're also going to talk to Gambo because Burns and Gambo don't have a show today because there is a football game. And our own Tyler Drake, who covers the Cardinals for ArizonaSports.com, will join us as well. So we're going to have this covered from every possible angle, taking you up to coverage at one thirty. Which I believe is you, isn't it? Cardinals Tim? game day, <laughs> and then, hosted by yours truly. And then we'll have the uh, the actual game itself. But Tim Ring is here. Yep. Um, Tim, now we head into Week Eleven for the Cardinals. Everybody else has finished Week Eleven, and um, you're still in this. You still have your season on the line in Week Eleven. But I just don't know a way you can really spin this coming off of a loss tonight, where you would still be in it. And I don't even think the most pessimistic Cardinals fans, if they win tonight could deny that they are still in it. Like this is this is the fork in the road for the season. Whatever happens after this, you're kind of choosing your path tonight. So it's it's interesting that it's in Mexico City 
on Monday Night Football against a team you've actually had success against consistently lately. There's no question about it. The Cardinals, it's desperation time. It's must-win time. You cannot you cannot lose this game and recover and have any reasonable shot at making the playoffs. I mean, you go, well, I guess if you have the chance to win out still, but obviously the chances of that happening wow. because if you're not if you're not showing discernible improvement with your yeah. football team that you can win a game like this tonight you know the Rams game is just an outlier because they're so awful but think about the flip of it cuz cuz you're right if you lose you're done but if you win you are actually back in it and you've won two in a row for the first time oh, in what yeah. feels like 100 years and you've won two in a row in the division it will have been Colt McCoy that won both the games i mean that that's why it's it's not just a like a road right off the cliff. It's a fork in the road. Now, one of these, <laughs> make no sure pun, you take the no, fight right back. Right, no pun intended off the cliff. Uh, By the way, let me give you three little nuggets okay. about the, you mentioned the history of the 49ers series recently with the Cardinals. Uh, th- with a win tonight, this is courtesy of the great staff over there at the Arizona Cardinals. With a win tonight, this first nugget's kind of whatever, but whatever. The uh, With a win tonight, the Cardinals improved to 2-0 and in games in Mexico. Both wins against the 49ers. Okay, whatever. But here's what really you struck really me. You really sold that one. Yeah. <laughs> this first one's kind of whatever. Now here it is. <laughs> the The second one, though, with a win, the Cardinals would improve to 12-3 and in their last 15 over the 49ers. That's that, something. Th- that is a remarkable record against a team. That has had all kinds of playoff success uh, and, and has been to the Super Bowl, right? And has uh, arguably, you know, one of the one of the, the hottest young coaches uh, in the in the NFL. And then we were talking about Monday Night Football earlier. With a win, the Cardinals would improve to five and two in their last seven appearances on Monday Night Football. They'd have more wins in their last seven Monday Night appearances than they had in their previous twenty. So Monday night, <laughs> the, the combination of Mexico, the 49ers, and Monday night football has been good to the Cardinals since 2005. And you, you gotta, you have to cash in on that one more time. And all that matters not tonight. <laughs> it is a weird thing though, because the Cardinals have, they have had no success against the Rams since Sean McVay got there until I guess the last two years. I mean, they have won two of the four regular season. <laughs> we'll talk about the playoff game, but, but. The Rams have owned the Cardinals. The Cardinals have owned the 49ers. The 49ers have owned the Rams. Steve, it, it's the strangeness of this division. Steve Wilkes beat the 49ers Steve Wilkes twice. Beat the 49ers. Hey, what's going on there? Josh Rosen beat the 49ers. Yes. <laughs> uh, so hopefully Colt McCoy can tonight. But listen, look, this is this is gonna this is gonna be a lot more difficult than last week was in LA. I mean, you know the Ram. The Rams. First of all, the Rams are playing John Walford in that game. A little bit of Bryce Perkins, but Walford's not an NFL quarterback. I, I'm surprised that they went with him for a couple of years now as their backup. I, I, I just, I, I don't think he was. Well, I can't say he was incapable since he actually beat the Cardinals. It's the in end a key of the Cardinals game. season two right. years ago. I can't but, say but, much but about. But he him. looked ill-equipped to win a football game to me from that quarterback slot. Now the 49ers, their defense, Luke. I mean, the, the numbers are staggering, and they're getting guys healthy too. But they're they're number one in the league in yards allowed. Number one in rushing yards allowed, eight in passing yards allowed, fourth in points allowed. And believe it or not, you think of Kyle Shanahan in that run game, right? McCaffrey and maybe Debo carrying it a little bit. Their offense is actually a top 10 passing offense. Yeah. Even with the much maligned Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo had the sixth best quarterback rating in the NFL coming into this weekend, which I don't fully believe. And it makes me think that that like beautiful mind formula they use to get quarterback rating <laughs> is flawed somewhere. Like maybe you get points for having a Garoppolo in your last name. But either way, he hasn't been as bad as I think a lot of people assume he is. Well, he just doesn't. Uh, how do you frame Garoppolo, right? I mean, he he doesn't. He's there. He do, yeah, he's just kind of there with a good defense and a good running back and a good coaching staff. But at the end of the day, 
he will occasionally make important plays, critical plays at critical times to help you win football games. I, I, I mean, listen, that, that that playoff win at Lambeau Field uh-huh. last He's not bad. Last year. He's not good. He's just, he's not bad, though. That's the thing. I but think he's the not way, bad. He's yes. not bad. That's the best way to say it with, with Jimmy G. I told Wolf the stat that they showed on the broadcast last week. The 49ers. This sums up Jimmy G to me more than any other stat, okay? Jimmy G, 10-2 and two in games where he doesn't throw a touchdown. That's, that sums up Jimmy Garoppolo. 10-2 and two in games where he doesn't throw a touchdown. He just doesn't get in the way of the win. But he does make plays. Just don't get in the way. Yeah. A little bit like Costanza. My presence in that building could only hurt my chances of a promotion. <laughs> so just stop I just, going in yeah, the just, right, just, just hand the ball off. Throw check downs. They but, tried to get rid of him. His own team tried to get rid of him after he nearly took him to the Super Bowl last year. And it was the best thing that ever happened. He's to like them, those by self. The way. You know what? This is what Jimmy G is. He's the guy that sits in the passenger seat of the self-driving car. Like he's just there to make sure nothing goes wrong. But he's not actually driving the car. That's what Jimmy G is. That's going to be his his career after his uh, his time in the NFL. You know, Colt McCoy beat Jimmy G in Santa Clara last year. It was one of McCoy's two wins, mm-hmm. as you remember. He's three and zero against the division. Talking about McCoy, they won that game thirty one seventeen. James Conner was a load, not only running the football but in the screen game. Uh, But I don't know if that game plan is going to work this time around. I think they're going to have to really implement what they did against the Rams, the quick timing throws, because, again, a lot of that was predicated against the Rams because you had to do something with Aaron Donald and that that defensive front seven because your offensive line was so banged up. So you couldn't you couldn't let McCoy sit back there in the pocket. It was like it was it was snap the ball one, two balls out. I think they're going to have to try to do that again tonight. uh, That was my question. Do you think that works again? Well, we had we had Cliff Kingsbury on last Monday, as we always do. And he told us flat out part of the reason for for coming out and throwing 11 straight passes is because he knew what you said. The Rams obviously have Aaron Donald. He also knew the Rams were going to give them a little bit of space because that's what they did in the first game, and they wanted them to, to beat him in other ways. Um, the thing about Colt McCoy, and I like Colt, and he is, like you said, 3-0 and in the division, but usually with backup quarterbacks, that starts to wear thin the more a team has seen them or the more just teams get film on them. I wonder if San Francisco is going to allow them to throw quick passes in yeah, this game. When you're the backup quarterback, I would call it like regressing to the mean, right? And that's one of the things that we've talked about you know, on our the podcast I do every day, talking Cardinal football, is that... You know, they, listen, they, the 49ers have game tape from last year with McCoy, but the recent game tape from seven days ago yeah. against the Rams is going to be fresh in the minds of that coaching staff. And they're like, OK, here's what they're doing. So we start press coveraging those receivers and not let them get those quick timing patterns. And it sounds like no Hollywood Brown. That was according to Jordan Schultz. Yeah. So Hollywood Brown looks night. like he's not going to play. Hopkins looks like he is going to play. But what really stood out about the Rams game to me was once they had the Rams defense back on their heels, then they started to hit him with Connor in the running game. So they came out throwing 11 straight times, and they kind of loosened everything up, got the Rams back on their heels. Aaron Donald's name, I mean, you barely heard him mentioned the entire afternoon. And that's the second time they've done that to him in the last two years. Right, and then you pound Connor up and pound Connor up, and he ends up with a a season-high 69 yards, which is not not enormous, not enormous total, but he was highly effective. It's the formula for the Cardinals. And that's the formula, but again, with that so fresh on film for the 49er defense, does Cliff have to kind of dial it back and maybe come up with something a little different. But at the same time, you still have the offensive line problems, Luke. Uh, yeah. You still, I mean, as well as well as Lasitas and Billy Price did, and we saw hard knocks, and you know they kept Aaron Donald at bay, uh, they're, still, they're still a backup interior who, line, who and you're still you, going against Nick Bosa. Who are you, and we'll get more into the injuries later, but like, who are you starting that you expected, like at the start of the season, if you named your 11 offensive starters, 
How many of them are you actually starting tonight? It sounds like DeAndre Hopkins, Kelvin Beecham, James Conner. Am I, am I missing anybody? Can I give you another number that kind of plays off what you're saying? The Cardinals against the Rams had six players making their Cardinals debut yeah. on the season. That brought the Cardinals' total number of players used this year to 76. Now, obviously, 53-man roster. If you think 76 is a high number, guess what? That leads the NFL in dudes playing in a single season. 76 right now. No team has played more than that. Four kickers to boot. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's not even like, well, yeah, they're rotating the 52nd and 53rd guy off no, the roster. No, dude, no, no. These are just the, the guys pull- they they built their entire season around. I they're know. the ones missing the games. Yep, and they're pulling guys off the street, it seems like, at times. Are you playing tonight? <laughs> Probably not, because it's in Mexico. I'm huh? ready to, yeah. Just in case. Pre, ready, pre-game I'm, and punter? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> text us your thoughts. You might have to play linebacker, uh, linebacker, actually. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What does Gambo want to see from the Cardinals in Mexico City. We're going to ask the co-host of Burns and Gambo. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring filling in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. It is Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring is in for Wolf today. And, of course, with the Cardinals game tonight, coverage of the game officially begins at 1.30. So no Burns and Gambo, which means we got to find a way to get Gambo in here. So Gambo's going to join us right now. The people need Gambo. Gambo, what's going on? <laughs> Ringer, did you, watch the, uh, did you watch the final show from Los Angeles last night at Dodger Stadium? When I, I got home from the Suns game, and I watched a little bit of it, and then I watched a little bit more of it this morning, actually, before I came it. in I- here. I watched a lot of it last night, but it started so damn late, so I'm actually watching some more of it now. Like, I didn't see the Elton John and Kiki D together last night because I went to bed. Yeah. Uh, but I got up this morning and I watched that because I guess Kiki D came out and sang with them. She did. She's lost. Pretty her, awesome. She's lost her voice a little bit, but still, it was, yeah. a, it was, it was a yeah. heck It was a heck of a night last night at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, it really was. It Luke, really, really was. Luke, we're talking about Elton John. No, here, yeah, okay. I was in San Diego when he was coming <laughs> through. I would, didn't see it, but they were talking about how much the tickets were for the, that show in San Diego. I was like, okay. I'm not going to lie. I Looked, me and Chelsea looked last night, like Ireland and Switzerland. I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. We love, we love Switzerland. Let's go. Like right around, right, right around our vacation time. It's like early July, so we could go. Like Italy's right next to Switzerland. We'll go to Italy and then we'll fly over to Switzerland and go see Elton John. So I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go with you. Maybe I'll go let's with go. you, Gambo. All right, let's, let's go. go. We'll live once. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right, Gambo. The game tonight sounds like Colt McCoy is starting. Probably yes. not a huge surprise. But uh, no. but what do you make of the fact that there's already reports Kyler might not even play next week? Well, I was told this week that because I checked on this, I'm like, all right, what's you know what's what's the chances? And listen, and what I was told basically is there's no real. If he can't run, he can't play. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that's the thing with Kyler. Is if he can't, if he couldn't run, he wasn't going to play. So they didn't really think it was that much of a uh, of a deal. I mean, if he can't, you know, for Kyler, he has to be able to run, right? He has to be able to run. If he can't run, they're not going to put him in there. So when I checked on this this week, like, hey, who's it going to go? Is it going to be Colt or is it going to be Kyler? The thing I was told is, look, listen, he can't run right now, so take it with what you are. But if he can't run, he's not playing. Gamble, I guess the big question is, and I think it's almost the elephant in the room. What's scary is, and I don't know if you have any information or even just soliciting your own opinion, 
You wonder if Colt, uh, if Colt McCoy is not the preferred quarterback of the coaching staff at this point. And that's kind of a scary proposition given it the is. contract you just gave him. But what do you think about that element to this entire story? I think it's true, and I think that he gives them the best chance to win. Now, we'll see, right? I mean, because with backup quarterbacks, you know, the good backup quarterbacks, you come in like Colt McCoy last year, one, two out of three. You like the guy in short sample sizes. You don't want the guy over a full season. Over a full season, you know, Colt McCoy is not going to be able to lead you very far. There's a reason why he hasn't been a starter in this league for 11 years, guys. Um, but right now, because Kyler has regressed so much, and I've spoken with a lot of people about this, you know, former you know, quarterbacks and former coaches and uh, current pl- you know, players. And the thing with Kyler really is just, you know, that, that pre-snap, man, getting up to the huddle and not really understanding what he's seeing. And, you know, he's got his first read, and, and, if, he, and if he likes it, he's going to be really, really good. I mean, if that first read is open and he hits it, he's very dynamic. The problem with Kyler comes if that first read is not open – he doesn't, you know, and he doesn't go through those progressions like other quarterbacks do. He bails a little bit. He tries to run. He tries to move backwards or go to the side and buy time. And that's what he, he's a, di- listen, he's a great athlete and he's a dynamic player, but he's really, really having a hard time reading defenses right now. Gambo, isn't that really the biggest story of this season? Like the stuff that Cole yes. did last week, Kyler needs to be able, and I would think should be able to do it. That's bigger than them winning tonight or whatever they're going to do the rest of the season. Listen, we all have our own opinions, all of us, right? And some of us feel like Cliff gets more of the blame, and some of us feel that Kyler gets more of the blame. I, I'm fortunate that I get to watch a lot of game film. And when I watch these, when I watch this game film, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, I see an offense that is that has a lot of the same concepts that many of the other offenses in the league have. So I do think there's blame to be put on Cliff. I mean, it's your job. Your number one job is develop this kid. They're spending, you know, $250 million on him. Develop him. Make him better. But I think the majority of the problems in-game is Kyler, not Cliff. I think the offense is a fine offense. It's, I'd like them to build on the concepts, and sometimes they don't. But they run a lot of the same stuff that everybody else does, guys. And so I think that the majority of the problems they've had are on are on Kyler. Even last week, well, Colt McCoy hit, what, what, 10 or 11 passes intermediate between 10 and 20 yards? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, you know, here's a quarterback that knows what he's doing, knows how to get up to the huddle pre-snap, understands the defense, reads the defense, gets rid of the ball quickly, and what did they do? They moved the ball up and down the field. They had fine. It was a good, was a good offense. It was great. They weren't setting the world on fire, but it was a good offense. They, 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 they did enough to win, and they played well. I think if they ran that exact same offense with Kyler Murray, where it was just get the snap, one, two, release the ball, Kyler Murray would have about five passes knocked down at the line of scrimmage. I think those defensive linemen who weren't getting deep penetration because the ball was coming out so quick would simply just stand there and get their hands up. And I think the height of Murray is a detriment if you try to run the offense that they ran so successfully with Cliff in L.A. Right. Gamble, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, I, I just, I just, Kyler has to do different things. He's got to obviously use his legs, and he's got to roll out. He's got to improvise, and he's got to be that athlete back there, not just stand in the pocket and deliver the football. Because I just don't think he's, I don't think he's tall enough. There's a lot of people that it. want him. There's a lot of people that want him to get under center, but the problem is, you get under center, he, he can't deliver the ball that quickly. You know, he has to move. He has to be back so he can see over the lineman. I I understand a lot of the people say he should be under center more, and you could definitely run some plays under center. A lot of screen passes, and but to for him to be under center and you know one two and then deliver the ball, I think it's going to be a lot harder, you know, for him to do that because he is only you know like five foot ten. But they listen either way. Like 
you're you're right. This is this this is tough. We think that Colt McCoy is the better option for the Cardinals. Like, come that, on, that's not good. That's the problem. And Luke and I were talking about it in the first block, Gambo. To me, that's the elephant in the room. I mean, if if you're if you're thinking at this point in at this point of Kyler Murray's career after you sign him that deal, that we got a better chance with Colt McCoy, who's got 11 wins in like 15 years in the league. That's that's that that is not yeah, a good I place for this to be. We may think differently after tonight if Colt McCoy goes out there against that 49ers defense <laughs> and just bombs, right? Okay, Colt was good for the one game against them because the Rams just suck. God, the Rams are terrible. And the 49ers are really good. So we may think different right now. Like going into the game, based on the way Kyle has played this year, yeah, we feel the Colt could be better. Now, again, like six hours from now, seven hours, eight hours, whatever it is, we might be thinking, oh, yeah, they couldn't. You, they, Kyle, Colt can only do so many things. Um, and maybe Kyler's, you know, athletic uh, di- dynamics would have made him better. But right now, yes, I think that Colt gives them a better option to win. Uh, Gambo, what do you think the, the recipe for a Cardinals win is tonight? Is that the defense making plays? Is it James Conner getting the ball a lot? What, what is the path here? Because this is an uphill battle. Yeah, no, I totally do think that the, the James Conner thing. Listen, you got to keep that offense off the field because they can grind it with McCaffrey and, and Mitchell and Brandon Ayuk's playing very well. And the two guards are, have not given up a sack all year. They played very, very well. You got to you got to try to limit. You know, the, the time that they have the ball. Um, and I know that, you know, Shanahan's a very conservative guy, and that's, you know, he, he's, he's, he, he could probably score 40 a night, but he doesn't. But I think the key is going to be ball control. The, what they did with James Potter last week, I love that game plan run. I mean, even if you're only getting 3.2 yards per carry, commit to the run, run it, keep your defense rested, and, uh, you know, Short passes, you know, get that. Try to do well in the red zone, but I think trying to keep that that Elijah Mitchell and McCaffrey scared the hell out of me. When those two those two guys together, since when Mitchell came back last week, I'd be worried about that if I'm the Cardinals. Got to win the turnover battle too, and no pre snap penalties to take you off schedule offensively. Because we didn't have many last week, yeah. right? They didn't have that many. They no, were pretty they, good well, at that. They had ten penalties, Gambo, which is still too much, but they didn't have the back breaking pre snap offensive penalties that basically kill drives. With this team, and they didn't have those. No, listen. This is the season, guys. They they lose this. I mean, you yeah. know, any. I thought that this season was over when they lost to Seattle, but if they lose this one, I mean, any hope that you had had after they had come back to beat the Rams is pretty much gone. Look, Atlanta won yesterday. Uh, Washington won yesterday. It's just you're just you're, you're too far behind with not enough games to play. If you fall back another game, like you you, they have to win this game or this season. Or you really can come in tomorrow and start talking about the draft. <laughs> Gambo, good stuff, man. Thank you. All right, boys. Take Thanks, care. Brother. Thanks a lot. That's Gambo checking in. No Burns and Gambo today, but of course, two to six every weekday, except when there's Monday Night Football, which is only happening once this year. All right, we come back. We're going to switch gears over to basketball real quick. How impressed have you been with campaign with Chris Paul out? It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring filling in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, it is a big red Monday with Monday Night Football tonight, but we are going to flip over to Suns here real quick. Tim Ring. Tim, you've been covering the Suns very closely this season, so you're the right guy to have in here for this conversation, too. You're, you're darn tootin'. Uh, it was a good day out there yesterday against the Knicks. Uh, look, you know, they won that game 116-95, and what you really liked about it is is Devin Booker had sufficient help. Yes. And it didn't come from one or two guys. It actually came from the entire roster. They all contributed yesterday. It was really something to behold. But, yeah, campaign actually led him in scoring 
uh, in that game yesterday against the Knicks with 21. Yeah, you know, the 49-point performance by Booker on Friday, that's fun. It's Devin Booker. It's fun to have a guy that can drop 50. I mean, we've seen him drop 70 before, but it's not as fun when you lose the game. And somehow Utah has won another game, and the Suns, that that recipe where Booker drops 49, how weird was last week? He puts up 49 and they lose. Game before, Steph puts up 50 and they beat the Warriors. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But you're right. Last night, a much more balanced attack. Campaign has been a, a big part of the, the puzzle lately. Here's Devin Booker talking about campaign. He's just taking it game by game. And, you know, to me, he's getting better and better each game. Um, it's a different responsibility. It's a different role. He played against a different unit. So it's, you know, it's all brand new. But, you know, we're telling him just be aggressive. You know, play his type of basketball. And, you know, we feed off that energy. Listen, with Cam Johnson and Chris Paul out, they can't afford for Bridges and Payne to be inconsistent scorers. Those guys have to deliver every night. Prior to yesterday's game, Chris Paul had missed five games. Okay? Yeah. The Suns had only won two of those games. Okay, so, you know, this notion that everything was fine. Listen, they would have lost yesterday. They would have been 9-7. and seven. Eddie Johnson talked about it, man. You do not want to be creeping close to the 500 mark uh, here. But in those five previous games before last night's game or yesterday's game where Chris Paul was out, they'd only won two games. And the the scoring numbers for Bridges and Payne in their wins and losses were stark. Start with Bridges. And their two wins, Bridges averaging 27 points a game, Luke. <laughs> and in their four losses previous, he's averaging just under 13, just over 12. Um Campaign, same deal. In the last three wins now, counting yesterday, campaigns averaging over 24 points a game. So even though it was a collective effort yesterday and everybody tr- contributed, like David Lee pattern, and Tory yeah. Craig, uh, Campaign and Mikel Bridges, and we all know DA has to be that guy too, but those two guys especially, they cannot leave Devin Booker on an island trying to win a basketball game by himself. Especially Bridges in particular, and I'm not saying this is like oh, Bridges has to be doing more, what's he doing? Well, he's focused on defending the other team's best player, and he's doing a great job of it. I'm just saying, when Bridges scores, this team always wins. I mean, I, I can't simplify it anymore, and I'm not saying you can expect that from him consistently because of his other responsibilities, but... Like you just said, but he's averaging twenty seven when they win. In yeah, this, in this so stretch. he can do it. I, I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I buy the whole two way deal. I, I. I think he's a good enough player that he can be. Like not like not not, not putting the ball in the bucket and using your defensive responsibilities as an excuse, I just don't think flies yeah. for a guy like that. I just think there's other guys on the team, like Aiton putting up 20 would make more sense to me than asking Bridges to put up 20. Ideally, they would just both do it, right? But I mean, but, but yes. But, but on the one thing is, is is consistent is when Bridges does score, when he gets into the 20s, 25, 26, 31 the other night, they win. That's that's just it. If and that Bridges goes back, going off, they win. And that goes back to last it year, too. In does. fact, I, I would say that when I was doing some radio shows, you know, call in to other markets during the playoffs, I basically said, listen, if Bridges and Crowder are hitting their shots, the Suns are virtually unbeatable. Yeah. They are unbeatable. Because you know Booker and Paul are going to be there. And DA, as much as he drives everybody nuts, you know he's he's good for... You know, at least 14 and 12 and in a playoff year, game. Yeah, last year he was good for 14 and 12. I'm still trying to figure it out this year. But, right, but, but, yeah. if, but, if, but if those guys, and this goes back to last year, like I said, if Bridges and Crowder are hitting their shots, the Suns are almost unbeatable. And now this year, it's a little different deal with Cam Johnson and Chris Paul being out. The Suns are trying to almost tread water, which is kind of a scary place to be, an unfamiliar place yeah, for the Suns to be. four and five in their last nine. Is, four and five is, in their last nine. You, you kind of have this feeling... 
where it's just like, oh, everything's fine. They're cruising along because they did get off to a good start. And and you're seeing signs that as long as Chris Paul comes back healthy here at some point soonish and they go on a run, yeah. Cam Johnson, and they go on a run and you're, I don't want to be the fifth seed or the sixth seed in the Western Conference. That is not a path. You certainly don't want to be the fifth or sixth, no, right? It's no. not a path through, through the playoffs. And I still look at this team as a team that should contend for a title. But you see elements of like, okay, campaign's growing. But they are four and five in their last nine. Now here is campaign talking about growing. Absolutely, uh, I feel like just being out there longer. Uh, like you get to see the full game of, of 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 how I play. Like you see the full game instead of just a snippet, uh, like twelve minutes. Uh, so being out there on the floor longer definitely has been helping me uh, playing through mistakes. Because um, gr- uh, not growing up, but like my first few years, I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to play through mistakes. Um, I was just pulled straight out. So now when I'm out there longer. Uh, like I said, I watch film, so I've been learning more, uh, being more solid, um, trying to take get my turnovers down. But playing, man, it helps a lot for my game. See, I, there's a lot of guys like that where just the yep. more you play, I think it's a very honest statement by him right there. I can play through my mistakes. And then you get better, right? It, certain guys like that feeling of like looking over your shoulder. You want that pressure. Okay, that guy's going to take my job. Forget that. I'll just I'll play that much better. Some guys need to know they have a little bit of leash. Like, okay, I missed shot. Sorry. Does that end my season or do I get to go out there and work through it? Campaign, and Monty Williams knows this obviously, is is absolutely one of those guys. Even last year when he struggled, when he was starting, when it was like Chris Paul's out tonight, you're going to play. He was so much better than you're coming in for a couple minutes. And if you kill what we're doing, you're just going back to the bench. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you're trying to cram 15 pounds of production into a 10-pound bag when you're coming off the bench. Yeah. And when you can't do that, you start to press a little bit. And I think that's what kind of happened to campaign last year. Plus, I think, probably getting way inside here, but I think other teams started to adjust to defending campaign. Yeah. Uh, campaign this year has really found its three-point stroke. But for a while, their campaign scoring game was pretty much taking it to the basket and kind of extending the, the, the hand and kind of scooping it in and banking it in. And I think teams were out of that, and defenders were starting to play the ball rather than the man, and they were getting a lot of block shots. And again, I'm probably getting a little too intricate well, about no, X's but, and O's, but, it, but, I, but I felt like teams adjusted to his offensive game last year. Yeah, and did. now and now because he's, he burst onto the scene two years ago, basically. Right. And now he's kind of re-upped the ante by l- l- learning a little bit, like different ways to score. Some of them is just knocking down three-pointers, it's, right? It's like if you do that, you're going to be okay. Well, yeah, then nobody, then you're just fine. It's like, it's, I remember talking to Alec Thomas about this during baseball season. He came up and he could hit everything. And then pitchers adjusted. Yeah. And it took him a while to readjust back to the pitchers. That's basically campaign over the last few years. Not like he was a rookie uh, three seasons ago, but he really had his coming out party in the NBA three seasons ago. And then you're right, teams adjusted last year, and now it seems like he's adjusting back. The three is obviously a big part of it. But you bring up an interesting point. If they were in the playoffs, like if that scenario against Dallas happens, if the playoffs started tomorrow and they were playing the Mavericks and all of a sudden Chris Paul just couldn't go. or I mean, he was playing, but he wasn't Chris Paul like we saw in the playoffs. Last year, they didn't trust campaign to go to him. I feel like right now they would trust campaign. Now, I'm not saying that they would translate to enough wins, but I'm just saying it feels like he is earning that trust. In fact, campaign talked about earning uh, Monty's confidence this season. He, he ain't on me like he used to be. And it's kind of, it's kind of relieving. It's kind of like a relief. Um, but man, that, 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 that's how I, that's how I am, who I am now, man. He was, he coached me hard. Um, and I, I'm a very coachable player, so I just learned from my mistakes and just got better over the years. Look, they're, they're probably screwed if, if we get into a playoff series and Chris Paul gets hurt and he misses the series again. But 
he was playing last year. He clearly wasn't Chris Paul, and they just didn't trust anybody on the bench to even go to. And I remember, Luke, when they went to the NBA Finals a couple of years ago, in the Western Conference Finals, Chris Paul was out with, it was, it was COVID, it was COVID, yeah. COVID, right? Campaign at a 29-point game. And a 21-point game. <laughs> and those two games. games they won so, both. so this kid has got it in him. And he took a little step back last year, and now he's taking a step forward again this year. Having said that, campaign's your point guard in the playoffs, and Chris Paul's not on the floor for whatever reason. Your chances of a title probably plummet significantly. But but he can get you through a couple games. Getting you through a couple of regular season games like he did yesterday was just fantastic. Again, it was it was the Knicks aren't great, but they're better with Jalen Brunson now. And even though they're now eight and nine on the year, they came into that game yesterday eight and eight. But keep in mind, last week. The Knicks went into Utah and beat the Jazz. That's the Jazz's first and only home loss this season. So the Knicks That's were a crazy. capable team. <laughs> and what I liked about yesterday was they didn't need Devin Booker to be Superman to basically blow out a team and win a game kind of going away. Yeah. And everybody contributed. And Torrey Craig, bless that dude's heart, man, because he does not shoot the basketball great. But filling in for Cam Johnson, man, he does, he does so many little things that help you win a game. And now this year, he's by the grace of God, I guess, is knocking down some threes. Because he'll have open looks in that son's offense, just like Cam Johnson does. Yeah, well, He ain't Cam Johnson, but he's knocking down about 50% of his threes. He had a career high in that loss to Utah with 16, and I think he had 14 last night. Just think about what you said, what campaign did in the playoffs two years ago against the Clippers, where it's like, hey, we need you to start these two games. And he came in and they won both those games, and he was a big part of it. Just think if they felt that way and he performed that way last year against Dallas, you were up 2-0 in that series. What if you lost game three, it was 2-1, and they're like, hey, something's up with Chris Paul, we need you to step up in game four. And he does that, and you win the series. You yeah. know what I mean? Like You just get one of those games that you got in the Western Conference Finals from campaign at any point in that best of seven against Dallas last year, and he probably won the series. So it, it's he is extremely pivotal, obviously, to what they are going to have to try and do uh, this season. When we come back, we will go live to Mexico City and talk to Wolf. He is there. That's a good thing since the game starts in a few hours. <laughs> Ahead of Monday Night Football. He's not in Munich? It's okay, Wolf that's good. And you know what? Actually, I should point this out, too, because you brought it up during the break. They do have another Monday Night Football game coming up. I don't want to mislead people. They get the Patriots in a couple weeks. I don't want to correct you on the air, Luke. No, it's your do show. It. Do it. I don't do want to correct your show. That's, uh, we'll go to Mexico City next. <laughs> it's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring is in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.